Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for June 28th, 2020, Proper 8. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. Just hanging out in my home office, looking at all sorts of Bibles. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, open Bibles or just uh, closed? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Enjoying the, the cascade of them on the wall. The hues. Well, bleeding I have... from one color to another. I'm, I let's see one two three four five six are open and then the, yeah there is a whole cascade on the wall that you know, there's only so much room on the desk as we do this so 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 what you're saying is that it takes six Bibles to answer my stupid questions <laughs> <laughs> or to make sure I'm not asking answering too stupidly as I think is the way I would put it <laughs> uh, okay to each his own uh, I like my way better. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, well, fingers crossed, uh, we keep power this time. Um, uh, yeah. I was, I was, I was yep. a little bummed that, uh, we had to, had to cut that uh, last one a little short, but, uh, the most hey. insightful things we ever said were lost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so no one will ever know. Yeah. No one will ever know. Either way. Uh, curse, curse that squirrel that jumped in between transformers, <laughs> um, or Whatever it yeah, was. Actually, actually, it was a backhoe that took out a power line for a major <laughs> region of northwest Indianapolis. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hey, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've had those moments. I think that was our day one of the expansion of the church. When we built out uh, <laughs> uh, the church, they uh, started uh, digging up the ground and cut the main power. Uh, so uh, it does happen. It does happen. Hopefully no one was hurt. Uh, no one was hurt. No one was good. hurt. Good, and good. power was restored after about eight hours. Oh, that's not terrible. I hope it wasn't, it wasn't too terrible. hot a day. It wasn't too hot a day. And it just read books instead of, you know, watching Netflix or or whatever it might have been. There are there are worse things in this life. Definitely. Um, speaking of worse things in this life, uh, uh Shall I force you to continue with me? Um, yes. The <laughs> Get me back on track, please. Uh, so today's word of the day is uh, uh, theophany. Oh, okay. The uh, a revelation of God, sometimes a self revel, sometimes specifically centered on a self revelation of God. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, it's a Greek. Uh, a Greek yeah. term uh, made of two words, meaning God and appearance. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the dictionary website, uh, uh, fiscal dictionary website, uses the word manifestation of God, usually both mm -hmm. visual and audible elements. Uh, and then they give a whole bunch of uh, examples, um, but uh, they put in here at the very end, uh, there's a lot of examples in the Old Testament. Most of the New Testament uh, theophanies are usually associated with uh, uh, God's revelation in Christ, uh, mm -hmm. uh, specifically transfiguration is the big one. Um, but uh, it does have almost this throwaway line at the end that says, when it refers to Christ specifically, uh, the term is actually Christophany instead of theophany. Right. Um, so um, uh, the appearance manifestation of Christ uh, in the New Testament are Christophanies and the manifestation or appearance of God in the Old Testament and New Testament are called theophanies. So it's a twofer. Uh, you get a twofer yes. there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, 
And and with our Trinitarian theology, theophany really can cover most Christophanies, but mm -hmm. um, that goes down a whole other rabbit hole of Trinitarian theology. So I'll just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. Uh, so unfortunately, though, uh, it's not partnered with uh, readings that uh, are um, uh, uh, theophanies. Uh, ironically, um, you it's it's lending itself towards that way. But ironically, one of the, the optional readings uh, for this week, which we are not reading, is in Genesis, and it kind of starts off with a form of theophany. It's a, a conversation between Abraham and God. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, not so much a physical visual appearance, but the uh, definitely the auditory portion. So I don't know as if uh, the technical definition of theophany would count that occurrence or not, oh, but it is. I'm sure there could be multiple glasses of brandy consumed while biblical scholars debated that. I you had me at <laughs> multiple glasses of brandy. Um, <laughs> no sherry, sherry. That's what it would have been. Sherry. Oh sherry. So. <laughs> I'm still game. Uh, okay. so, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but alas, we don't read that. Uh, uh, we're going with our Jeremiah reading instead of yeah. the Genesis reading. Uh, Genesis uh, reading for those of you playing along is the um, Abraham um, being tested by God and almost uh, being called to sacrifice Isaac uh, on the mountaintop. Um, fairly, fairly well-known story. Uh, so we're going to go with Jeremiah instead. Um, and the, let's see here, the verse is Jeremiah chapter 28, verses five through nine. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon, the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent a prophet. Um, real quick background on Jer the, the, the book of Jeremiah then. Um, about when was uh, uh, the the book formed? Is it is this one of those single author clear clear single yeah. author books, or is so it's not a hash it, of writings? yeah, it's not it's not mashup so much. It's pretty much a single author, um, and written around the in during the five um, hundreds before Christ. Okay. During the Babylonian captivity. Oh, okay. Okay. So the the context here is Jeremiah is is talking to the Israelites who have been enslaved by the Babylonians, and he's countering a false prophet who has just said, "Don't worry, everything is going to be okay." It, um, and that's <laughs> not the prophet Hananiah. This is uh, he's just speaking to Hananiah, so he's not like confronting this prophet. Yeah, well, actually, he is confronting Hananiah. Oh, so it is Hananiah that he's... Yeah. Ooh, ooh, direct shade. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's 
you know, CNN broadcasting the debate and everyone watching sort of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, two prophets go toe to toe. Yeah. Only one. Two, two prophets enter. <laughs> only one may leave. Um, okay. You, you took it to a cage match. I was thinking of a political debate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, both are pretty you know, dirty. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I mean, it, what is a debate but a verbal cage match? Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. So, so Hananiah is the one that he's talking about. Uh, 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 is it continues to prophesy? Uh, oh no, he's not. Okay, so he's saying those those prophets who preceded you and me, but he's probably this is the the throwing shade portion. I assume he's Hananiah is repeating the prophecies of ancient times. No, he had just taught, he had just finished saying a very Pollyanna view of what their enslavement was going to be like, and so Jeremiah's response is, you know, you're, it doesn't so much say it here, um, but when he goes on, I mean, because we only get so much of the speech uh, that. No, things are going to be really hard. That mm. you know, you're you're promising a chicken in every pot, but think about what our history has been, where there has been pestilence and famine and war, and that's that's what life is, dude. So mm-hmm. um, don't lead lead people astray. Um, what about that last line, though? Because he says, uh, so, so if Hananiah is the one who's kind of prophesying peace. Well, not uh, really. He's not really prophesying peace. He's just saying, like, it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then when the time comes for someone to prophesy peace, then, and it comes true, then uh, you'll know, basically it'll be like, then, then you'll know that we'll all know that the, you know, um, uh, the time has come, and you know the Lord has has truly sent the prophet, and, and promises are finally being are, are ultimately being fulfilled, and um, maybe an early concept of the kingdom of God here on earth, or something well, like that. What what Jeremiah is specifically upset about <laughs> is, well, okay, yeah, this really applies to our time today, of. Hananiah basically saying, don't worry, we're going to go back to Israel and everything will be back to normal. Hmm. And part of Jeremiah's um, concern is normal wasn't that great. And <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, okay, that, I'm seeing but, the thread. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep, continue. <laughs> that there were all these, you know, the people on the bottom had it really bad. We're, that the kings kept bringing us into war. Um, and so actually God has something better in mind than that, that we need to be focused on God rather than what we want, and that the new normal isn't going to be what it was. Um, mm. And in fact, there's a little bit about the, the, you know, we won't have the same king as when we left, and some details like that. Mm. So it's, so Hananiah is the guy who's saying, look, all we have to do is, is get back to Israel put the king back on the throne, give the power back to everyone who had power, and we'll be fine. And part of what Jeremiah is saying, look, there's one of the reasons that we were able to be enslaved was that we were such lousy people that we couldn't even agree 
as to how to defend the country against the Babylonians. So we don't want to go back to normal. That's actually a pretty low standard. Instead, mm. like you were just saying, we want more of a peaceable kingdom type of existence where we're truly walking with God and acting wisely and faithfully and graciously rather than in the selfish way we had been living back in the day before the Babylonians swept in. Interesting. So, yeah, well, then these four or five verses are a lot more nuanced than, uh, than, uh, oh, yeah. uh, than, than it would let on. Probably because it's only five verses, I, I would imagine we'd get a, a better picture of what it is that the prophet is, uh, is trying to say with more of the reading. Um, um, would be my guess, but um, uh, I, I know I know how nobody likes a uh, uh, thirty-two verse reading. Right. <laughs> well, and and one of the way one of the things with Jeremiah is that if it's a feel-good passage like this one is, you know something's been left out. <laughs> Jeremiah's highly edited. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremiah's constantly criticizing the um, Israelites, even as they're enslaved. Mm. Um, you know, it was Jeremiah who literally wore a, a yoke for, for an animal to symbolize how much, how bad things were. I mean, he, he used visual aids and everything. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, if it's, you know, this little passage here where, oh, peace, peace, peace. You know, there's been stuff left out, <laughs> or before and after, before uh, and after has been skipped. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, we don't read from Jeremiah nearly enough. I don't think. Uh, just a just a personal complaint. Um, yeah, if if I recall correctly, we tend to get Jeremiah in Advent when there's the end of the world passages, because um, you know that, that's his sweet spot. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, but there may be some other times as well. He's he's actually one of my favorites because he is earthy and honest and um, kind of miserable. <laughs> but he, to me, he's one of the most human prophets. And in part, because it is such a long book, you get to see lots of different dimensions of um, Jeremiah's ministry. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, that's certainly uh, one to put on the uh, to read section um, uh, for, for for people. A um, uh, lot to lot to potentially unpack from from his uh, passages, but uh, uh, for the purpose of this five verses, uh, I think we'll call it there and move on to Romans. Is our second reading, chapter six, verses twelve through twenty three. Uh huh. And that reads, therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. 
and that you have been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards in regard to righteousness. So, what advantage did you get? Uh, that did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God. The advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, Romans, Pauline letter. Uh, you can kind of see that style uh, of uh, uh, rinse and repeat of the concept, <laughs> right? And and and, and uh, uh, say the same thing slightly differently, presented a slightly different way. Um, I think uh, um, I would probably not be alone in, um, you know, uh, finding a little bit of uh, modern uncomfortability with the, the, the continued use of the word slaves uh, in the in the passage. And, and uh, you know, is he really talking about slavery as we have come to understand it? Or is there like more of a, uh, a nuanced meaning uh, of the time that, that is kind of a little lost in translation there? Well, in the time of Roman of the Roman Empire, there was not the style of slavery that, for instance, was experienced in North America. Um, that instead, a, a slave was more what came to be known as an indentured servant mm. in um, <clears throat> Western cultures of the. Um, after the time of Jesus, where people would literally would sell themselves to somebody to get money to pay for something that needed to be paid for, mm -hmm. but it would be for either a set time or with an, a, an agreement ahead of time as to how to buy, pay one's way out of slavery. Right. So that, and that nuance, I think, helps color the rest of this passage. If if you take in in at least the the context of this reading in Romans, if you take the understanding that every time there's a reference to a slave, in this context, it would be that person's own choice. It's your own right. your own decision, your own doing to become indentured to. Um, this concept or that concept. It's not as though you were born into it. You were uh, sold uh, out, you know, uh, um, without your your uh, your own uh, permission. You know, it, it's not. It, yeah, it's not yeah. that something that befalls you. It would be. Yeah, and unlike in United, in the form of slavery the United States inflicted, uh, you couldn't. Yeah, you could not be born into slavery. Mm -hmm. that if you were an enslaved person in the Roman Empire and gave birth to someone, that person was not a slave. Gotcha. That um, makes sense. And usually families were not broken up. But, um, they could, you know, if the 
I be, in most cases, the enslaved person had to have permission to marry and have children. But if they did that, they got to live as um, a family. And it's just the, um, whoever was the enslaved person, male or female, had a terrible life. Um, but they still got to go home every night, so to speak. Mm. And uh, again, their children and the rest of their family was not automatically enslaved. And probably never would be. It's not something anyone would wish for their child and would do sure. everything they sure. could to avoid that. And that's one of the reasons people would allow would sell themselves into slavery was to give their children a better life. Yeah, uh, that makes that makes some sense. Um, so, so in in what Paul is saying here, um, he's he's saying that if you and, and, and instead of using the word slaves. Uh, uh, um, uh, it's more, and, and there's an opt-in um, option to it. Uh, it's more like if you choose to um, devote yourself to things that are, are sinful in this world, um, it, it, it's really is summed up by the, the last verse here. Uh, I think probably best for us, once, one, because it's the, the uh, um, more well-known portion of the passage. Uh, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but mm-hmm. the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, but also, you know, I, I think just the way that our modern brains work, that that uh, line um, is succinctly tells us what he's, he's saying is, hey, look, when you commit to uh, um, things of this world, the, the, you know, the sin of this world, uh, the only thing it get, grants you is you live in this world and you die. And that's the end. <laughs> you know, like that. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing uh, else for you. Should you sh- should you uh, live 100 uh, percent by the rules of of, uh, of this earth? But uh, if you commit yourself to God, that's where you have you you get so much more out of out of this life. Uh, that uh, that is, it's it the you kind of through Christ Jesus, you kind of also in a way overcome, uh, overcome death and, and, uh, the good deeds that you do and the, the love that you share, uh, live on, uh, well after you. Is that fair or is there a, a, another point to, uh, to, to what Paul is saying that he's trying to get across? No, that, that's fair. And, you know, part of it, you know, a major part of Paul's theology is the free gift of righteousness. So mm-hmm. it's also important to capture the meaning of Paul saying, yeah, you were enslaved, but you know, with the connotation you enslaved yourself to sin. And you don't have to worry about digging yourself out of that mess you got yourselves into. God is taking care of that and is freeing you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's... Um, different from if you work hard enough, you can pay off your debt and therefore be freed from slavery. Gotcha. And then as, go ahead. I was just going to say, so it's very much a free gift. Gotcha. Um, And then as far as, um, again, modern minds um, uh, apply the concept of, you know, eternal life, heaven, um, and, and all the, all the uh, the imagery that we've built up over that over the past two thousand years, um, 
I kind of get the feeling the way that as we read this, the, 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 the concept of heaven may not have actually been in the, the forefront of Paul's mind. Um, no, it, no, it wasn't that it wasn't so much like, Oh, and because of this, you get to go and uh, live with God in eternity or, or, you know, and, and, and it, it doesn't feel as though that's really what he's leaning no, he, towards or saying. He's talking about the here and now for sure. Yeah. Um, that, um, uh, and you know, and that's, that is one of the harder subtleties of Christian theology and, and Christ teaching for Americans, because we have culturally been so put into a mindset of, yeah, we're, we're working towards getting into heaven when we die. And part of what both Christ taught and Paul taught was start living like you're in heaven now, because each day will be so much better. Hmm. So you know, right now, offer yourself in service to God. Don't wait till the last minute. Um, because you're missing out on perhaps years of a of a beautiful way of living on earth. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think that that mindset that Paul was about has has uh, in a lot of cases been lost. Yeah, uh, despite despite the fact that he's the more, most prolific New Testament author. Well, actually, that would make him the most prolific author of the bible um uh, i think actually i think jeremiah wrote more verses <laughs> the, more more physical verses yeah, yeah. I, I i guess i was thinking of books uh yes. a number of books for sure he has actual the, the, the highest number of separate words. publications <laughs> right exactly uh which which is why I, I think i was going with the word prolific uh but yeah yeah uh, um so so even though he has written more books uh, as an author that are in our Bible than anybody else. Uh, and in many cases, a lot of people combined. Um, uh, yeah. I think that that concept, um, uh, uh, it seems to really be uh, lost, that he is very much talking about living this way gives you these benefits here and now on earth. Uh, but a lot of times when you read uh, Pauline passages from a modern ear, there is a modern bent towards it of, oh, he's talking about eternal life. He's talking about, um, uh, you know, eternity. He's talking about heaven. And there's not really, <laughs> there's not really that thread uh, uh, there when you, when you kind of dig into the passages and start reading that he's, he's, he's a lot more focused on um, what happens tomorrow and next week um then what happens after you die yeah and yeah and um in the and in verse 23 here in chapter six again as you said very famous wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord the terms for death and for life often were used to refer to spiritual death and spiritual life in mm. the time in in the Greek, that it's not doesn't refer to human mortality, but rather to the deadening of one's spirit and daily life, or the enlivening of one's spirit and daily life. Hmm. 
and we think and we think the word eternal we think mystically you know the mystical concept the 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 heaven-based concept but what uh so what you're saying is it sounds like the more translation more correctly is for your time here on earth uh, or, or you know for for the the whole of your existence mm-hmm. um you are now because of this free gift given spiritual life you have you know you know you have this beautiful gift that you carry with you no matter what yeah and you get um, to you get to live in that reality which is the only true reality <laughs> This is from another part of Paul, rather than the false reality of what, of how sin defines re- reality and life and meaning. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it might be another way you, uh, that eternal life in twenty three could be translated is perpetual life, and literally that means the same thing. But maybe it would have, maybe it would be a different connotation enough that someone might pause and think, wait a minute, what does that mean? Rather than just mm-hmm. go right to the heavenly gates imagery. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and um, realistically what that means is, is it, rather than like an on and off switch and, and during your daily routine, it means that in all things that you're doing, right. You have this, you know, spirit, you're given this gift of spiritual awareness and, 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 you know, love and grace uh, uh, that you get to carry with you. And it doesn't just, show up when you go into temple uh mm-hmm. it is it carried with you and and I, I i guess that would it would be or at least i think it would be fair to say that that was w- more one of the concepts that he might have been leaning towards uh um um with the uh death and resurrection of of christ one of the one of the side stories is when he died the 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 curtain in the temple was torn uh and that was really uh my understanding of it is that that was kind of like a visual representation of the separation of the what modern day uh word would be laity and the priests and that you couldn't really go and commune with god directly that you were you know hmm. you would kind of show and up. you would be yeah you would be separate and this is to in my mind this is kind of a continuation of that thought look you guys are not separate from God. You don't have to go to an intermediary and you don't have mm-hmm. to, uh, you don't have to offer up, uh, sacrifices and then back away so that the presence of God can come in and you're in, and you're not worthy. You're now able to take this temple experience, this, this God experience and carry it with you or where you, all you go. It's not just the thing that you do on days that you go to temple. Uh, it is now, something that you wake up with, you go to sleep with, you carry it with you wherever you go. And your temple is yourself, which allows you to live in this perpetual state of spirituality. Well, and one of the things to keep in mind is that this is a letter written to Gentiles rather than to Jews. Mm. So switch the the, the meaning of temple from the Jewish temple to the Roman temples and right. it's the you know, it's the same meaning, but even more so because at least with the Jewish worship, that was real worship and mm-hmm. was with the one true God. And in the Roman spiritual practices, it was much more of a okay. You know, this week, I got to make sure I make sacrifices, 
and offerings to this God and this God and this God in order for my real estate deal to go through. Uh, It was quite a laundry list of what gods controlled what parts of life or influenced. And so that's one of the reasons why in Romans, when um, Paul's talking about you you now carry God within you, that was mind-blowing. That that was right. such a different view of how the how divinity worked than what the Romans were taught as they grew up. Yeah, I guess I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. So this is in 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 another way considering the audience, this is kind of like a sales pitch uh, of like, yeah. look, you you have spirituality when you go to this place. In our group, you have spirituality always. Yeah, and that's. That's that's our difference. You're allowed to, you're you're able to uh, to to live a spiritual life um, once you pass those walls, uh, whether you know whether you're inside those walls or not. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah, because because for the the Jewish people, they it's it's the same spirituality, um, mm-hmm. Christian and Jewish um, spirituality was identical, really, particularly in the time of Paul. Uh, but the difference between Roman spirituality and Christian or Jewish spirituality was vastly different. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's what Paul's addressing. Oh. Yeah, uh, I keep keep forgetting that the, uh, the 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 context of who he's talking to. Yeah, uh, uh, context is important, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's the audience? Yeah. Who's the audience? Um, Anything else about Romans, or can I move on to Matthew? We should move on to Matthew. <clears throat> Matthew, uh, uh, some people will be relieved to know, uh, is three verses long. Uh, <laughs> chapter ten, <laughs> chapter ten, verse uh, 40, uh, uh, 41 and forty-two. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of righteousness. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of the disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Um, because the verse is so short, we don't get, uh, we're missing that same context that we talked about in Romans. What's going on? Uh, right here in uh, chapter 10 of Matthew. Um, he's basically taking the apostles to school. Okay. That, um, he's, he's called the apostles at the beginning of the chapter and then teaches them a bunch of stuff and then we'll be sending them out. Okay. So, so uh, for, for people who uh, remember last week, was right before this, right? Uh, giving them instructions about uh, going out and, and uh, um, um, not to be afraid, and and that that slightly, I shouldn't say slightly. Let's call it what it is: uncomfortable uh, reference of hating your family members. And um, happy Father's Day, by the way. Yeah, happy Father's Day. <laughs> this often falls. That passage often falls on Father's Day. <laughs> Uh, boy, not subtle. Uh, no. <laughs> um, 
but uh, 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 so all those instructions about how to go and how to be prepared and how to essentially, you know, put your hand on the yoke and don't turn back kind of a, kind of a uh, um, discussion. And then uh, right after that is, are, are these three verses. Um, so it, 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 in a way he, the, the author is kind of, or Jesus is summing up uh, um, some of that, um, those instructions and saying um, that, the commission that I'm giving you to go forward to does matter because if they, if, if someone welcomes you into their home, they're welcoming me and they're welcoming my message. And so the, the, the love and grace that I'm um, offering will then pass through uh, uh, you as messengers and on to um, uh, people who are willing to, you know, to, to house you, to listen to you, to interact with you. Um, um, what else is this saying though? I mean, <laughs> it's only three verses, but I'm kind of like racking my brain to think of what else to ask. Well, um, it's lots. <laughs> uh, that's the <only> reason <laughs> I'm silent is like, okay, where to start? Um, by the what? way, you have thirty seconds. Go. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the, these are the the. This is the conclusion of uh, Jesus's teaching to the apostles before sending them out. So, um, it is sort of the and here's here's the result or here's how you should evaluate what what occurs, um, and. One of the things is in verse, in the first verse of it, verse 40, um, the one who receives you receives me, and the one who receives me receives um, the one who sent me is a one of the foundational pieces of the Holy Trinity, where if you receive Jesus, you are receiving God. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge deal if someone begins to listen to you because you're talking about Christ, because they really are now paying attention to God in a way perhaps that they never have in their lives. Hmm. So you know, this is big, big stuff. Right. Um, and... Then the you know so then Jesus builds up for in terms of the actual apostles their their parts that this verse forty is about the the hearers of the apostles verse forty one is um, about what the apostles reward will be and the people who follow the apostles as evangelists mm -hmm. about receiving. Um, a prophet's reward and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, what is what is a prophet's reward? Because uh, well, in my mind, lots of prophets died horrific deaths. <laughs> um, that's not what they're, he's saying, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's grim. But, um, but at the same time, how should I? You know, I don't want, don't want to sound flip about it. But if you weren't going to live 
40 years anyway, dying a prophet's death, at least you were dying for a purpose rather than just because of the latest illness going around or because you got a infection after cutting your foot harvesting the wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, you're going to end with a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And that's that's no small thing. Uh, yeah, I suppose our, our, our mentality around that has definitely uh, changed. Um, um, because because uh, specifically we do live longer. Um, yeah, and we have an illusion that we have control over our deaths. Right. And I don't think God tells people when to die or, you know, touches someone on the forehead and they fall over. Um, but I do think we have a grand illusion about I'm not going to die until I'm good and ready if, as long as I take my vitamins and do my exercises and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes life is just random and right. something fatal happens. And so someone or groups of people die. Um, so to have a profit's reward is to have a meaningful death. And that's hmm. not the only meaning of it, of profit's sure. reward. But that's, that again, that, that is an attractive option. In a, you know, if, if, I mean, we've seen this in a bazillion American movies of the oldest person in the heroic party that's having the adventure um, is willing to sacrifice him or herself because they're going to die soon anyway. That's true. That's yeah. true. So put it in that context of a of a hero type story, and yeah, you get to die a heroic death if you have a profit's reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, for a lot of people, that was attractive, and probably, hopefully, still is. Um, and maybe you'll just have the reward of a righteous person, and that's leading a meaningful life right now just like mm-hmm. Romans was talking about a few minutes ago. Um, and part of what Jesus is also doing here is, okay, prophet, way up here, you know, on the all-star team, the greatest hits, the Hall of Fame. And then it goes to, you know, even if someone shares a cup of water, that's noticed. Right. So it goes from this almost cosmic <clears throat> level, certainly this national recognition level down to an everyday act of kindness. And all of these are important in God's eyes to help people have an experience of heaven on earth. Yeah. And that concept, I guess, uh, pairs nicely with uh, that previous reference to it being a free gift. I mean, a Mm -hmm. a cup of, a cup of water is, you know, is, is not the, um, like you said, is not a, is, is not a, a, a meaningful death or, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, gives a jillion dollars to, you know, to 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 the cause or feeds ten thousand homeless people. You know, it does. It's nothing like that. It's the, it's a, the smallest act, uh, and yet uh, the reward is still shared. So it shows you how uh, Jesus is kind of reiterating that fact of that, that concept that it's that you know this is for so easily obtained my you know this reward yeah. this love is is not uh for a, a select few it's it's really intended for everybody right uh, because anybody could be, could could accomplish that right uh, the the gift of a cold cup of water uh from a local stream or something uh that's that, that it's the 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 smallest thing uh 
uh, is just is just uh, showing that you know an interest and maybe even listening uh, is all that it takes. Yeah, it's kind of the, the the concept, right? And just to um, be facetious for a moment, one of the interesting Greek pieces here is that the the cup uh-huh. literally it translates simply as a cold cup. You know, a tall, mm. cold one, rather than what the beverage is. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it, that doesn't shift the meaning one iota, but you could make lots of jokes about what exactly is the cold beverage that is being shared. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Something refreshing. Something, yeah. something that helps take the load off. I like it. Um. Anything else? Because you did say it's, there's hours and hours that you can get into here. But anything else you want to point out before we uh, wrap up? Yeah, one one little thing um, is the giving something to drink. Mm-hmm. The the Greek there can also mean to irrigate, uh, irrigate a crop, a field. So it it it's definitely meant to be metaphorical as well as literal. So something that mm-hmm. helps someone else grow spiritually. However small it is, something as simple as watering a plant, that hmm. that counts. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, well, I think that, that'll be it then. Yeah, uh, we should probably wrap up. Yep, this uh this this concludes then your podcast for June twenty eighth, twenty twenty, proper eight. Uh, uh the um the, the time after Pentecost, the sun, uh, the the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, um, and uh, uh, feel free to join us uh, online in our many various forms. Uh, HFEC.org is our website. HFEC videos uh, is our YouTube channel where we have our online worships uh, uh, stored there. There's also plenty of uh, of, of uh, online content connectivity through our website to, to other programs as well. Uh, and then feel free to, to email us at shortcut at HFEC with any questions uh, or ideas. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you guys. We hope you're all staying safe and healthy. And uh, uh, with that, until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.